Input. Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on a music-themed episode of the Input Output podcast, we've got stories about a beloved hip-hop star and a vexing heavy metal duo. What's up, world? Yeah, you. I'm Travis Scott. This is my McDonald's order. Follow me. Here's my quarter pounder with lettuce, pickles, onions, ketchup, mustard, and bacon. Here's my fries. Sometimes I do this. Then I dip them into barbecue sauce. No one in hip-hop is better at leveraging their personal brand outside of music than Travis Scott writes InputMag.com news writer Ian Cervantes. But Scott's collaborations, most notably his recent high-profile deal with McDonald's, are overall meaningless. Here's Ian reading an excerpt from his piece. Enlisting Travis Scott makes sense for McDonald's, which, as shown by decades worth of headlines, has had a major issue with winning over millennials. Never mind that Scott's target demo now seems to be Gen Z's age range of 15 to 21. But besides a likely massive check signed by Ronald McDonald, how does fast food make sense for Travis Scott? Welcome back to the show, Ian. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I'm going to throw that question right back at you. Why does fast food make sense for Travis Scott? I mean, there's kind of two fronts. Like on one, it doesn't at all. But at the same time, Travis Scott is kind of this like human action figure where you can kind of just project whatever you want onto him. I kind of talk about in the piece how he has this really kind of baffling lack of personality. And so I think because of that, with these product releases, which are really just stacking up for him, he's kind of just this blank slate to like throw whatever on it. And you can't even say that it's off brand for him because like, what is his brand? What is his personality? So you tell me all of a sudden that Travis Scott likes McDonald's. Like, okay, sure, why not? Do you think it's his association? He had dated Kylie Jenner. Is that what makes him so appealing or is it something more? I don't think it's necessarily the Kardashian influence. I mean, I think it certainly helped, but he's had a following for a long time. His music is very successful, very high profile. I just think the weird thing with it is that like, he is very often the least essential part of his music. He's pretty well known for working with a lot of collaborators. So because of that, like, it's kind of the sum of its parts, but then you take him on his own and, you know, what he's selling with his music is this kind of like aggregation. But then when it's him on his own, it's like, all right, well, what, what are you selling us with Travis Scott if you're not bringing everyone else with him? Now, last time you were on the show, you contrasted him with Kanye, who's obviously unpredictable. I guess Travis Scott is a more predictable, marketable sort of guy. Yeah, like I kind of just hinted at, everyone is working with him, it seems like. I mean, he did the massive Fortnite thing, which, you know, he did the in-game performance, and then they turned that into a shit ton of products, whether that be like Fortnite products or even bringing in another partner. They did a Nerf gun. He's done several shoes with Nike. He's partnered with the Houston Rockets a couple times. He did a Hot Wheels car. There's just so many things. His music career has made him one of the 15 highest paid rappers in the world between 2017 and 2018. And this year, well, his net worth is sitting at a pretty $40 million. And yeah, he's got this rabid fan base that kind of eats it all up. And because he is... Again, kind of with this lack of personality, it also makes him not controversial. I don't think he's taken a stand on anything ever, for better or worse. 
Now you point out that on his website, there are a hundred co-branded products, including this chicken nugget body pillow. Do you think this could be devaluing Travis Scott's brand by being so just indiscriminately slapping his name on things? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, that, that one of the things I was going for with this piece is not even necessarily criticizing him for it. Just like saying how bizarre of a phenomenon this is. I mean, I think again, just because he's kind of that blank slate, like, I don't think it does anything to dampen who he is or what he's done. I also don't think his audience really gives a shit. It's kind of just like this shameless thing that he and, and he alone can pull off. And yeah, the chicken nugget body pillow is very strange. You can follow Ian on Twitter at Ian underscore Cervantes. Now on to today's second story. The black metal duo Buzz Lightyear recently released a song called You Died, which features samples from the scene that appears when you get killed in the video game Dark Souls. The track is a mix of black metal and electronic music, and black metal purists hate it. News editor Cyan McDonald recently interviewed the members of Buzz Lightyear for InputMag.com. Here she is reading an excerpt from her piece. Buzz Lightyear's tribute to Dark Souls is two minutes and three seconds of atmospheric sounds guttural screaming and aggressive beats, all of which come from the sampled sounds of the scene that appears when a player dies. It's that which sets Buzz Lightyear starkly apart from black metal as we've hitherto known it. Welcome back to the show, Cheyenne. Thanks for having me back, Mark. Always a pleasure. And before we dive right in, just wanted to listen to a little bit of You Died by Buzz Lightyear. Wow, that was intense. So who are Buzz Lightyear? Buzz Lightyear is a duo of musicians who have played in black metal bands and just enjoyed black metal for a long time and decided to come together and make a project during quarantine remotely. So the band are named Buzz Lightyear and their new album is called Toy Story 4. How much of this is a joke? I would say, and they would say it's equally serious and a joke. So, you know, the artistry is there and the actual musicianship is there in the digital sense, but they are poking fun just at the seriousness of black metal. So the album itself isn't necessarily just to be thrown aside, but a name like Buzz Lightyear and Toy Story 4 as the band will tell you, is like the least black metal thing ever. It is serious in that they took creating these songs seriously, but they're just having a little bit of fun with the names and just the fact that it doesn't really have to mean anything too deep. So according to your story, black metal fans hate this music. Why? Oh my God. Yeah, so black metal fans definitely do not love it. And I mean, you see this sort of purist attitude and any genre or subgenre, but black metal in particular tends to be pretty rigid with sticking to its roots, which is exactly why the band made this. So the entire album pretty much features no real instruments. It's all like electronically produced. And that is just completely against black metal and kind of metal in general. So from the production to the songs themselves. <laughs> yeah, black metal 
people are really not into it. So if someone wanted to check out more of the music of Buzz Lightyear, where would they go? So they just released their album on Bandcamp. So you can find it there. I have it linked in the article itself. And what's cool is that they are donating all the money made from the album to a Brooklyn organization called Power Plant, which helps connect the community with artists and digital tools. You can follow Cheyenne on Twitter at underscore ShyMac, and I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening. 